Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. All right, good morning, church. Uh, my name is Van, with one N, V-A-N, easy to spell. Um, our pastors, Mark and Terry, um, they are currently in Singapore uh, doing some Elijah House training, so um, they're training people to minister uh, in the counseling area. And uh, while we're at that, let's just, um, let's just quickly pray for them, okay? Is that okay? Uh, Lord, Father, we lift Pastor Mark and Terry Benevente up. Um, we ask that um, you would give them great wisdom and anointing as they're training people over there to become um, awesome uh, ministers of, of Elijah House and what that's all about. And uh, we also just go ahead and lift up uh, the service today. Um, Lord Father, let your word come forth. Um, let it go into our hearts, Lord Father. May we receive it. May we learn something from it and take it and apply it to our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you can see there, um, we are in this series of Redefined. And it's a long series. I think it's about 16 weeks. And um, we're in week 10, I believe. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, effective prayer. So um, this is just a part of the series where Jesus was on the mount, Sermon on the Mount, and he was just redefining everything. So I I like to uh, think of it this way. He was, you know that time when he went into the temple and he started flipping over tables and, and stuff and and, you know, people were selling doves and offerings and, and making his father, uh, father's house into a, uh, a den of thieves or, or you know, whatever that uh, scripture says. So I, I believe he was doing that, but in people's minds. So he was going in people's minds and, and their opinions of things, their views of things were being redefined. He was going deeper. He was like, you know, you know that thing about anger? Well, let, let me say this. If you, hate your, if you have anger and hate your brother, you murdered them. So he was taking it to a whole deeper level. So people were like, whoa, what is this guy talking about? He's redefining my, my whole view. So we're going to be talking about effective prayer today. And um, it's really how to pray. I mean, you know, how and, and, and what to pray about and the attitude and, and character we're going to have towards God in our prayer. Um, you know, but it's, it's just more than how to pray. It's about uh, how to be effective in prayer. But before we go on, I have a quick video from a, a couple of experts that I want us to check out here. Our Father, our Father, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those that trespass against us. Yes, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, the power and the glory, and ever and ever and amen. Amen. talking to God, it's talking to God. God wants to know what's happening with us. He's concerned. To pray to God. It means I get to talk to God for a minute or two. To talk to Jesus. 
It means like you're talking to God and God can hear you. And he wants to know how we're doing to thank God. To thank God. I pray for my friend when he was sick. I have our family. I did thank God for the blessings and all the food and water. Sometimes if I'm struggling, I ask him to help me. For loving people, my pets, and toys, and food. Like what we eat, and how God blessed us with clothes. Love. Don't go to the principal, sis. Pretty much everything. Well, my mom usually gets better if I, I'm praying. I don't know. Saying amen afterwards. He listens and he does. I prayed for my dog to be healed and he healed. So. He like shows it in what we do. Ice cream. He listens to us. That's all. Amen. So those were some experts, right? Doesn't matter how old you are. You can pray. So what is prayer? It's just communication with God. You know, it's uh, talking to him and also get the lights back on here. There we go. And allowing him to answer. You know, he answers in many ways. He can answer through the word of God. You can pray and then just read some scripture and you're like, ah, that's it. Or he can answer through someone, you know, someone prophetic, or he can answer through circumstances. Things happen and you just know it's God. So um, as you can see, they recited the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to be in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. So I'm going to give you a chance to go there if you have your Bible or cell phone. So, um, by a show of hands in here, were you a child when you first heard the Lord's Prayer? Okay. Is that pretty much when you learned it? Yeah? Well, um, how many played football in here? Played football in here? Okay. That's when I first really learned the Lord's Prayer. So I got to varsity and, you know, after the first game, you know, uh, we're kind of military in football. We have like this perfect square and everyone's kneeling down, you know, and we have our helmet off and we're listening to the coach and he's either scolding us because we lost, telling us what we did wrong, or he's saying, good job, guys, and we can do better on this and blah, 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 blah. But after that, he begins to pray. So, you know, he says, let's bow our heads and pray. And he begins uh, the Lord's Prayer. And I was like, oh, no, I don't know this. I don't know this prayer. I've heard it before, but I do not know this. So, you know, quickly in my mind, I'm like, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. 
So we're, you know, we're all like this and all the Father. And you, you know, you move your lips to make it look like you know it. Because someone might be watching you. You don't know. Because I was looking around and I was like, am I the only one that doesn't know this? Oh, he don't know it. Okay, I'm good. Okay. So, you know, how far will be the name? Like, kingdom come. Okay, I know that part. I know that part. Sometimes I, uh, something about giving bread. Um, this is a day of daily bread. Okay, I got that. And I uh, uh, forgive something about trespassing. Um, so God, I guess I just forgive someone that's trespassed on my lawn. And that's what I actually thought. When I heard trespass, I see, you know, in, in the States says, do not trespass. So I literally thought I was supposed to forgive someone for running on my grass or coming onto my property when they weren't supposed to. But later on, of course, you know, I, I, I got what the meaning was. And, you know, we, we go on for the power of God. Uh, amen. Amen. So that was my first experience with um, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, let's go ahead and read this. Uh, I have it in uh, the NLT version. It says, um, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive, uh, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So we're just going to be breaking down these scriptures today. And just um, a quick note, Jesus meant this to be a model, okay? He wanted to teach us how and what to pray for. You know, I'm not getting on that we should never ever say this prayer, but be practical in how you say it. Don't say it in a religious manner. Don't say it in a traditional manner. You can't say this before you eat. You know? Let's, let's say this before we eat every time. That's kind of it's kind of not practical or, you know, maybe before going to sleep, you know? You want to you kind of pray for, for what's, the, what's uh, the right words in the right moment. That's what I'm trying to get at. So let's look at the first point here. So adoration, honoring the name of our holy and heavenly Father. So we are in Matthew 6. What happened? Um, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So what does this mean? I actually did a quick search on um, the essence of God's name and an article popped up named The Essence of God's Name. And it's written by Jim Davis. And this is what he says. Names take upon themselves the character of the one wearing them. Your name becomes what people think about you when they hear your name. What do you think of when you hear the name Hitler or the name Billy Graham? No matter what name we are given at birth, it is up to us to choose the meaning of that name. We do this by the kind of lives we live. And he cites Solomon here. It says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. And this is Proverbs 22, 1. How our names are esteemed is entirely up to us. So through God's, well, through our existence, 
God has had an awesome track record in being holy. He's had an awesome track record in showing himself faithful to his people. You know, protecting them, providing them with everything they need. So when we think of God's name, we want to honor and respect his name when we come to him in prayer. We want to concentrate on him, just like we do in um, worship. I mean, it's so important that he, he put it in the Ten Commandments. It says, do not take my name in vain. That's how powerful and holy his name is. So we want to sanctify his name. It says, removing something from the category of the common and placing it in the category of the holy. We sanctify his name. We put it different from ours. We lift it up above every other thing here on earth. So what are we saying? We're saying, we're saying God, your name is holy. It's awesome. You are holy. And that's how um, worship begins. When you concentrate uh, on his name, Eric Gilmore says this in a quote. It says, concentration is the foundation of adoration. And in adoration, there there will come a manifestation of his presence. So what we do first is we concentrate on the holy name of God. When we come to him, we speak to the Father. We say, that's why we start off, um, our Father, our Heavenly Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your name be holy. Let us concentrate on who you are. You know, his, when we think of his name, we start to think of all his good traits, the thing he's done for us in our own personal lives. So all that is wrapped up in his name. I mean, what were we doing in worship this morning? It says, Jesus be the center of it all. We praise his name when we worship. Psalm 8.1 says, O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. Psalm 145, 1-2 says, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. So when we acknowledge the Father right, we open up the communication lines with Him. You know? He's going he's gonna to say, mm, my child, they're coming to me in a respectful, uh, respectful and honorable way. That, that lends his ear, that kind of turns his heart towards you. You know, I'm just reminded of, uh, I think it was, maybe, I may be wrong, it may be Samuel, but um, one of the priest's sons were in the temple offering up profane incense. You know, that was a holy ritual they did in the temple of the God and they were just going in lighting them up like sparklers and what happened they were God killed them because they were doing it in a in in a detestable way he's a holy God so we have to come to him in a respectful holy way and you know one thing great about God is He's God the Father, but he's also Jesus. And it says, Jesus is our friend. 
So in the same way we can come to the Father, we can come to Jesus, but Jesus is, you know, he's like our friend, so we can, we can come to him in a respectable way, but sometimes you can just talk to him like I'm talking, I'll talk to Elmore. You know, I could just be going throughout my day, you know, Jesus, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. You can talk to him like that. It's not like you always have to be on your knees in the right posture and say the most holiest thing every time. You know? Point two, uh, submission. Humbling ourselves to follow God's kingdom and will. 610, it says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So first off, as Christians, we want his kingdom to come. Because when his kingdom comes, Jesus reigns. And all this stuff we're dealing with here is going to be gone. You know, all the evil that we see prevailing in the earth, that's going to be wiped away. So as Christians, we desire for his kingdom to come. And we we want his will to be done. Because his will is holy and righteous. It's good. It will never fail. But let's take it deeper. What about his will in our own personal lives? So to apply the scripture in a personal way. To, to, for that to be done, we have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. It says, the humble will see God. And we also want to be meek in our spirit. So if we're humble and we allow God's will to become our own, we align with God's will. So then we can pray from a right perspective. Because if we're praying from a right perspective, God is like, man, that's right in line with my will. Bam, it's done. Anything that that kind of goes against his will, he's probably not going to let happen. Let's just say that. Because he wants to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And he's perfect and holy. We haven't, you know, gone into that, uh, that per- well, not perfect state, but we haven't gotten the sin off of us yet. So let's trust in him that he's going to make the best decisions. So as we humble ourselves, we're going to um, give up our will for his will. So our dreams and our desires. Some of those dreams God has put in you. But it might not just be the right time for that dream to happen. You know, you're going to have desires in your heart that you want fulfilled. But in the beginning, as you humble yourself, just give them up to God. He He knows what's best for you. You know, as a little kid, I had a dream of being in the NBA. I love basketball. I still play it. But as you can see, I'm not in the NBA. That was my dream, but God didn't grant that to me. You know? Um, I don't know if you may believe this, but, you know, after I saw that my dream of the NBA wasn't going to be fulfilled, 
I actually had a dream of being a hair model. <laughs> I had a dream of being a hair model. And, you know, I, I used to have really good hair. And I was going to be good at being a hair model. Can you believe that? If you don't believe it, That was me. That was me. So um, God took that dream away, too. So I can't be a hair model anymore. You know, I met Naomi like that. And she's still with me, so she didn't marry me for my hair. Amen. Luke 14 says this. Let me go back and get this off the screen. (laughs) A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and your mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. So when we humble ourselves, we want to count the cost. It's very serious. We want to count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money To finish it. Verse 29. Otherwise you might complete only the foundation. Before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say there's the person who started the building. And couldn't afford to finish it. It's alright. He purchased our lives on the cross. Count the cost before you say, you know, Lord, I just want to, it's very serious to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. We want to be real and sincere when we say that. I was real and sincere when I said it because he called me out in front of people in college. A prophet came to our group. It's part of every nation. He was like, blam, blah, 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 blam. He didn't tell all the details, but I was like, you know, that it, filled with, it filled me with the very fear of God because I realized there was no place on earth that I could hide from him. And it, it took me to the place where I said, I surrender. I counted the cost. I knew my will was gone. I said, if, if you want me to be here, I'll be here. It's no more about what I want and what I desire. Because I know you have the best in mind for me. So if you have the best in mind for me, you're the creator of the universe. You know my whole future. Every sin I will commit and have committed and you've already forgiven me, I give you my life. You know? That's the place you want to be. Petition. 
So first we start off with adoration of God's name. And then we're on petition uh, as we go through the scriptures here. So first up is uh, provision. Matthew 6, 11. Give us today the food we need. And there's a Greek word, uh, Greek word um, I want you to see here. I'm not going to say this word, okay? What you can do in your mind is you can picture me saying it or try to hear me saying it, but I'm not going to try to say that word. But necessary for existence, that which is needed for each day. And there's a story behind this word. This word is, um, you can't really find it anywhere but the Lord's Prayer. So it's a very, very rare word in the Greek translation. And um, researchers were going around and they found this word on a, I don't know what it was. It was like a, it was like a grocery list for a lady. And, it was, and they found this word on it. And she had written this word beside the lettuce or, um, you know, bread. You know, there were certain, certain things on her grocery list, and this word was only marked toward, um, beside different things she needed to buy. And what they said that meant was that was for that day. She needed those things today. So two points we can get from this part of the Lord's Prayer. Material things are okay to pray for. Okay? So if you are in need, and that's the key word, in need of something, financially, food. I've heard testimonies of uh, our own Pastor Ron Lewis. Me and Naomi, when we were in college, he told a testimony of how he was bringing up, uh, he was a single dad with four or five boys. And they were running out of food. And he literally prayed like, Lord, we need you. And I don't know what the rest of the story was, but uh, like on the side of the highway, was it the side of the highway? Well, let's just say it was on the side of the highway. And this guy was like selling oranges for like a dollar and it was a whole bunch of them. So he just stopped giving them a dollar and they ate oranges for dinner. Or, or God just blessing people when they, when they needed it. You know, when they needed food. So the key thing is when they need and not really want. We want things. We want a new car. We want more money that we don't necessarily need. So that's one of the things. It's it's okay to pray for the things you need. He knows what we need. It says, ask and you shall receive. Point two, it shows our total dependence on God. He wants us to be totally in it, to win it. He wants you to say, you know, God, I need you for this. I'm counting on you every single day to be there for me. And he wants to be there for you. He's a good God. He wants to take very good care of his people. There's Christians today that rely on God every single day. In the countries that Christianity is illegal, They are praying every day, God, provide for me every single day. And he shows up. 
And we hear testimonies, uh, testimonies of this. And even talking about the future, you know, when we look in Revelations, it says, I don't know when this will be, but a day's wage will be one loaf of bread. Can you imagine that? You're going to work for one full day, and the only thing you can buy is a loaf of bread. I'm sure all of us in here is going to be like, God, today, provide. We're counting on you, God. We need you. Israel did it. When they were in the wilderness, he provided manna. He provided quail. Yes, some complained about it. Some garbled about it. But some people were very thankful that they could wake up and go outside their tent. And their food was there every single day. Pardon. Matthew 6.12 And forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. See, the key to forgiveness is right here in this verse. As we. And if you read this sentence, the former needs to take place before I mean, the latter needs to take place before the former. So as we have forgiven those who sin against us, he will forgive us of our sins. So think about that person that may have hurt you or think about that person that's uh, baba, you know, giving you a dirty look or that person who's cut you off coming to church. You know, sometimes it happens. God loves that person just as much as he, as he loves you. Even if that person doesn't know him. He died for the same person. His blood covers everything, every person. So if God could go to the cross for your enemy, and he could go to the cross for you, because if they're your enemy, We're not perfect. You could be an enemy of someone else. Think about that. Sometimes we can do stuff that's wrong and become an enemy of someone else. So we have to think about that. If God could forgive them, we, through the love of Christ, can forgive them. And that's where it starts. We have to know the love of Christ. You have to know or have a revelation of how much he loves you in order to get past yourself and what they did to you, in order to say, you know, God, if, if you forgave them and died for them, then give me the power to do so. Let me imitate Jesus in my life. If he forgave the Romans that put him on the cross and mocked him and beat him, then God, let me, let me get some type of revelation of that. So the person that just did a dirty look at me. Oh, yesterday I was playing basketball. And this youngin, I'm going to be transparent. This youngin was going really hard at me. And he was boxing me out. I was like, man, this dude is like putting all his 150 pounds in me. So I was like, I'm going to do the sweet move. So, you know, we're at the free throw line, and he, I was like, he's going to come at me. So 
I do the sweet move. I kind of trip. And he pushes me. I didn't tell my wife on, uh, this on purpose. <laughs> so I was like, you better watch it, boy. I'm being transparent now. I'm not perfect. I said, you better watch it, boy. He said, you better watch it, boy. I said, what? <laughs> so I'm running down the court. I passed him. I was like, you dealing with a grown man. And I gave him a serious look. I said, you dealing with a grown man. And I was like, whew, So I forgive that. I forgive that young man. <laughs> I forgive him. Because I realize if he's not acting in the love of Jesus, he's acting in his flesh. And when we're acting in our flesh, we're going to say you... We're going to say stuff like, I'm a grown man. You better watch it. And he got me in my flesh real quick. I was like, this dude just pushed me. So that is a transparent, you know, trying to be relatable. <laughs> you know, I'm not perfect, amen? God is. So forgiveness shows us that we understand the love of God. We understand what he's done for us so that we can forgive others. He forgave because he is love. So protection. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. First and foremost, he wants to kill you. You bear the very image of God. And once he got kicked out of heaven, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say that. I don't know if I can say that. His sole purpose is to get back at him. He wants revenge on God for kicking him out. He's bitter. He's everything that we don't want to be. He's bitter towards God. So he can't touch God, but he said, if I can't touch God, then I'm going to touch his children. And if I can, I'll kill them. If I can't kill them, I'll destroy their life. If I can't totally destroy their life, I'll steal some of it. He's doing that every single day. Warring against your very own soul. So that's why being in a relationship with God is so important because we get holy protection. We have angels flying over our car, flying outside the planes with us, watching over our beds. There's stories of people about to mug people and then they say, man, I saw this really big guy. He was like eight feet tall. That was an angel protecting some... That's why ladies don't be alone in the alley. You know, carry some mace or something. But you know, God's got you. So he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So it's okay to pray for protection, for material things, for provision. We want to pray for forgiveness when we do something wrong. Forgive me for yelling at that young boy. Amen. Motives. Motives are very important when it comes to prayer. Let's see here. Oh, I forgot a slide. So, self-serving versus selfless 
love. So Moses, when we, when we go into quiet time, when we go and seek God, we want to go in to experience Him. That's our main purpose. Again, concentration on Him. If we go into the quiet time or if we go for any other reason but to experience Him, it's, we're not coming in the right way. You know, you can have your, you can have your prayer list But be sincere in that prayer list. You know, if someone asks you to pray something, don't go in there, okay, let me see, I got this prayer list. Let me pray for Johnny. Well, Father, just bless Johnny. Okay, I'm good. Now I can go over here. Now I can do what I want. That's not the way. That doesn't count as prayer. Okay, we got to be intentional in our prayer and intentional in seeking him. If your motive is selfish, your prayer most likely, most likely will not get answered. So let me give this analogy. Let's say you go to a restaurant with your spouse or with anyone important. And you're sitting across the table and it's like your spouse is like, hey, 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 it's, you know, this is nice for, for you to be here with me, but I need this, I need that, I need this and this. And can you do this? Okay. What are you going to think? You're like, this person is not really here for me. They don't really seem like they care about me. They're just kind of here for what I can do for them. So that's, that's the thing. We don't want to come to God just because what he can do for us with, with his protection and he can give us food and a house. We come to him because of him. Because he's the creator. He's our He's our wonderful Father that has done everything for us. What about when we bring people into, into those prayers? I have a little uh, presentation um, I want to show you guys. So can I get those college students up here that just come up here? <laughs> Give them a hand. So Lester and Gerald, I'm going to have you stand right here. Marcy and Cassandra, stand right here. And you're just going to stand here, okay? You're not going to do anything. So when we pray for people, we don't want to be selfish, okay? I'm just going to show the type of prayers we need to pray and what not to pray, okay? Lord Father, I just pray for this, my brother. And I saw him up there today playing the bass. He did a pretty good job, but I think I can do better. (laughs) Matter of fact, God, I don't want him to play the bass anymore. (laughs) So I kind of wish that, um, you know, maybe he's walking on the curb, he could break his arm. But I love him anyway. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord Father, I lift up my brother. And I just ask, Lord God, that you be 
a rock in his life, that you lift him up, Lord Father, that you encourage him, that you help him become the very man of God that you want him to be, and that I would help him get there as iron sharpens iron. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Jesus, I pray for my sister. I love her. And I pray that she becomes an awesome woman of God. Her hair frizz is really good. And it looks really nice. But I think my hair is better. You know what, Lord? I just anoint her with the anointing of baldness right now. (laughs) Anointing of baldness come fire, fire. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord Father, I love my sister and she loves me. But you love her the most. And I pray, Lord God, that she finds everything that she's desiring and wanting in you. And that she would grow into an awesome, mighty woman of God. Fire, fire. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him a hand. So as you can see, There were certain prayers that weren't very good and were self-motivated. But there were some prayers that were person-motivated or love-motivated. And just to get real here, sometimes we've prayed things in our marriages. We prayed things um, for the people we love. And we've come from a wrong motive. Maybe someone irritates you and you're saying, God, blah, 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 etc., etc. And you're coming from a place of where you want to, you're, you're going to God so that that person can change. Okay? But it isn't for that person, it's really for you. So you don't have, it's, it's really for your convenience. That is not how we should pray. We have to come from a place where it's like, God, you know, I know they do this for me, but I realize they're not perfect. And Lord Father, love on them. No, guide them into into the life you want them to live. And you come from a place of true, sincere love. So your motives are everything in how you pray. You first want to come to God in adoration. You want to concentrate on Him. You want to come in an honorable way. Don't be afraid to pray for the things you need and protection. And don't be selfish in your motives. Prayer is so essential to our walk. We need prayer. And just to close... We see that in Jesus' life. There were plenty of times that he went off by himself. 
to the forest, among the animals, or wherever he went. And he just spent time with God and he prayed. And then he would just show up. You know, he prayed for the things he needed. 5,000 people were fed because he prayed right there. He needed food. I'm sure he prayed for protection. There was times where mobs almost had him, but supernaturally he pulled out some of that divine power and he just slipped right through the crowd. Because he was at constant communion with his father. It says, let your, well, let me put it this way, never cease in praying. Always be mindful of God in your life. So let's adore him. Let's spend time in prayer and also spend time listening to him. Praying is a, is a two-way, two-way thing. Okay? Uh, let's go, go ahead and pray. Lord Father, we testing. Lord Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you model, you teach us how to pray and what to pray for through your Lord's prayer. And Lord Father, I pray that you, we take to heart the things that you wanted to teach us today. And if there's anyone in here right now that feels in their heart, well, maybe I'm not really connecting with God because maybe I don't truly know Him. And maybe you feel like your prayer is just hitting a ceiling I want to give you a chance to respond and if God is knocking on your heart right now to know him in a more intimate way would you just raise your hand I see you I see you I see you I see you anyone else I see you over there. Okay, what you can do is you can just piggyback off my prayer. Lord Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you know my needs, that you know my desires and my wants and my my dreams. But right now, Lord Father, I want to say I humble myself and I give up my will for yours. And I ask from this point on, Lord God, that I'll be led by your Holy Spirit each and every day, totally dependent on you. I pray, Lord Father, that you would give me a hunger for your word a hunger for prayer. 
just to know you. Not for anything that you have for me, but just because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. And for the rest of us, I just want to say one more quick prayer. Lord, Father, as a church, let us be a people that pray. Let us always remember the significance of prayer and how important it is. But Father, communication with you should be an everyday thing. So I pray, Lord God, that you would give us a desire and a hunger to communicate with you every single day, that you would answer us, that we would take time to hear you through your word or through circumstances. Lord Father, that we wouldn't be motivated by uh, selfish things, that you would fill, fill us up with your love so that we can come to you and pray in the right perspective. In Jesus' name, amen.